Perfect Stranglers contains graphic and explicit content suitable for mature listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Stranglers, it's Bree. Hi. I do that all the time. <laughs> Every time we, we... I know we do, and I don't know... It's like, who's going to do it? See, we use... And I know I said this in a previous episode. We used to do, if it's my episode, you start. If it's your episode, I mm-hmm. start. But it's neither of our episodes it's today. It's my episode. Yeah. Hi, guys. It's Chelsea. Bum, bum, bum. Hi, Chelsea. We missed you so much. <laughs> I'm excited to be back. Thanks for having that's the, me. Yeah, that's the voice of our listeners. And they don't sound like that, but in my mind, they Sorry, guys. So, guys, so Bree, tell the class why Chelsea's here and what you guys are doing today. So, uh, Chelsea is here today because she's visiting me and we are going on the Lacrosse Queen, which is a paddle boat. It's a it's a river boat. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't really know the history of it other than river boats. I mean, lacrosse has been like a logging community for like since, you know, I mean, it isn't anymore, but like in the 1800s, that's what it was. And all these like paddle boats and river boats would come through here. And so this lacrosse queen is like a tour thing now and you can go and take tours. And historical. It's very historical. Oh, yeah. It's really historical for sure. And, um, you know, all that. It's a beautiful day to be on the river. It is. It's not very humid. No. The mighty Mississippi. Really? Yeah, it's not that humid. And it's like, um, I don't know, what is it, like about 70 degrees right now. It's going to get hotter, but. Oh, that's a perfect day there. It's it's very rare that it's not humid in lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's very fun, you guys. Are you guys yeah. getting the pizza or no? Uh, nope, not the pizza. We're just going on the sightseeing cruise. It's about uh, an hour and a half okay. long, and I'm not really sure where we're going to be going to. Uh, just up and down the river, Do you I get... guess, and then back. Yeah. Do you get motion sickness or no? I don't. No. I don't. No, I don't either. You're lucky. You're very lucky. I mean, the riverboat is usually, it's pretty steady usually because they're kind of like, they're kind of like wide and everything. And it's not like there's a whole lot of, um, they're pretty heavy, so they don't really, um, the wake doesn't really affect them that much. Yeah. I, uh, went on that tour with Anthony when I was pregnant. We got the pizza, we got the pizza one. They just ordered Domino's and called it good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Which, you know, Domino's is good, so, like, whatever. Um, But I remember going on it and kind of getting a little bit carsick at the top because there's a balcony that you can go on yep. and sit on top. And, of course, my, my ginger ass is like, get, get away from the sun. Oh. Um, Yeah. But it was really fun. It's windy, but it was, it's really fun. So that'll be good. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you'll see some, like, wildlife out. Yeah, like. Since it's like springtime, and stuff like that. Yes, people really don't like realize how beautiful the lacrosse area is, and specifically like down the Mississippi, it's so pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be stinky, but it's pretty. Yeah. 
Especially yeah, when, it's very pretty. Especially when like the mayflies all come and they all die and oh. rot on the bridge. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you for you guys see... that don't know, mayflies. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say for those that don't know, mayflies they are so literally so bad in lacrosse, specifically lacrosse, Wisconsin, that there has been a National Geographic documentary done on it. And the when they hatch, it is so dense that on like the weather, like Doppler radar, it looks like there is rain. And yeah. we have to, and in lacrosse, you have to like when I worked at Walgreens with the HVAC machine. We had to suck them up or shovel them to get them off the sidewalk, and then they bring out the snow plows and plow them off of the big blue bridge because they're yeah, very slippery. It's, it's disgusting. It, it's nauseous. very slippery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but did you know that mayflies? Accident. Mayflies are a sign of a healthy river. Oh, that's good. Well, we have a very healthy river because. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Those little buggers are yep. all over everything. They're absolutely disgusting. <laughs> So, do we want to do housekeeping before we get into it? Yeah. Um, uh, as we wrap up season two of Perfect Stranglers, we want to thank all of our listeners. We won't be coming back for season three, so if you have a story that you want to tell about something weird or strange that happened to you within the realm of true crime and paranormal, please share it with us so that we can uh, share your story on the podcast. So, please don't miss your chance. Email us at contact at perfectstranglers.com or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Um, if you're, whether you're a new fan or you've listened since day one, if this is your first episode or if you've heard them all, we want you to take out a minute of your time and please give us a rating on whatever platform you listen to us on. We'd really appreciate it. Also, our social media and episodes of the podcast will remain up even as, as we go off the air so to speak. So also please subscribe or follow us uh, on social media to keep in touch and subscribe or follow um, follow us on whatever uh, platform that you listen to us on because you don't want to miss our absolutely stacked episode list with all the big cases leading up to our finale. And that is our housekeeping. That was fan. That was amazing. You like that? That was incredible. That was really good. <laughs> okay, we'll keep that one. I'm like, I'm like genuinely like, damn, girl, that was so good. <laughs> I was like intently listening, like I was listening to a podcast. You you are listening to a podcast. <laughs> no, wow, that was fantastic. Anyway, that was the best housekeeping we've ever fucking done. Good God. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us about the story, man. Well, I am here today to tell you a story that is local to me uh, in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And this is the case of Ezra McCandless. Um, It's also sometimes referred to as the killer girlfriend, um, which I know sometimes isn't the Jodi Arias case also referred to as the killer girlfriend. Probably it has like been, yeah. So, um, but this was a case, even though it happened, like, where I live and, like, everything in this case is, like, places that I've been and all that, I had never heard of it. Hmm. And so this happened, like, in, in 2018, and this happened a couple days before I started 
dating my boyfriend. So, like, right, so, like, I was wrapped up in, like, you know. Boyfriend stuff. <laughs> boyfriend stuff. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't remember it. And then, like, everything else happened in, like, 2020. So, like, pre-pandemic 2020, but, like, the wildfires and all that stuff, like, I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so I asked mm-hmm. my, you know, like, I... Because of the wildfires. Because <laughs> of the wildfires. I was too consumed with the koalas and their habitats. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there was... But, uh, no, I was, like, researching this, and I'm like, I have never heard a goddamn thing about this case. Like, am I crazy? Like... Was I living in a parallel universe or something? And so I asked my really good friend, Justine, like, who who lives in Eau Claire as well. I said, you know, have you heard of this case? And she's like, yeah, but there really wasn't, like, a lot of local coverage at the time for some reason. So that made me feel better that, like, I wasn't crazy. <laughs> and that, like, because this case was, like, on court TV. Like, it was... Yeah. It was, like, big enough to be picked up by Court TV. So, um, that's the case I'm going to be telling you today about Ezra McCandless. So, let's get into it. Ezra McCandless was born as Monica Kay on October 6, 1997 in Stanley, Wisconsin. Her mother was 14-year-old Roselena Gunnelson. Oh, my God. Yeah, and her biological father was never part of her life. However, when Monica was four years old, she was adopted by her mother's husband, Joshane Carlin. Though Rosalina and Joshane divorced when Monica was 12 years old, she continued to have a close relationship with her adoptive father. During her high school years, Monica began exploring her gender identity and experimented with different names and pronouns. It was at this time that she legally changed her name to her new chosen one, Ezra McCandless. Ezra, because it is more gender neutral, and McCandless in the honor of Christopher McCandless, the American adventurer who was the subject of the book slash movie Into the Wild, which I had never seen. Have you seen it, Brie? I haven't seen it, but I know the story. Basically, it's a guy who was like a survivalist and he went out into the Alaskan wilderness with like a school bus that he was living on. And, um, he wasn't as good of a survivalist as he thought he was, because he freaking like, starved to death out there, so. Well, she must have, like, idolized him or something, because she, like, took his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will pause here to acknowledge that in her own words, Ezra now identifies as gender fluid, leaning to more feminine and has used she, her pronouns when referring to herself. So that is what I will respectfully be using in this podcast. So after a short stint enrolled in college, Ezra dropped out and moved to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Ezra was an artist who loved drawing attention to herself, according to her friends. She drove an old silver car that she decorated with her own artwork, and she wore eccentric outfits, and I would definitely categorize her as a hipster, mm-hmm. like 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, she certainly fit in with the university crowd in her new home of Eau Claire. It was at one of these hipster hangouts uh, called Racy Delane's Coffee Lounge, which I think is like such oh, a... Like fancy, 
fancy name. I just Googled a picture of her. Total hipster. Yeah. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have some really good pictures for you guys to put up on your socials for when this airs for everyone to see. Um, I have okay. a picture of her car with all her like artwork and stuff on it. It's yeah, she's definitely like a look at me kind of girl. So, um, so it was at Racy Delane's Coffee Lounge that 19 year old Ezra met 33 year old Jason Mengel. Jason was a medic in the Army Reserve, very involved in Eau Claire's biking scene, like bicycle, not motorcycle. Okay, I was gonna ask. <laughs> no, bicycle. Um, so by default, like also a hipster. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a regular at Racy's. Jason swung by the coffee shop after hours one evening in June 2017 after getting a flat tire while biking home. Since he was a regular, he was served a to-go coffee, even though they were closed. It was then that he noticed Ezra laying on one of the benches in front of the shop where she was using the Wi-Fi. So Ezra didn't have a phone. She just had an iPod. And so she only had, like, connection. I know, like, super hipster. She only had connection when she was close to Wi-Fi. And she, like, couldn't call people. She would just use, like, Instagram or Facebook Messenger to, like, text, in quotes, people. Mm -hmm. So um, she was just there using the Wi-Fi. So um, they struck up a conversation and spoke for several hours, eventually swapping Instagrams. They would soon run into each other again at a local music festival, and on July 6th, 2017, they officially started dating. There was a 13-year age gap between 19-year-old Ezra and 33-year-old Jason. And in fact, Jason was just about the same age as Ezra's adoptive father. Ew. Yeah. (laughs) But She has daddy issues. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember that, like... Ezra's mom was 14, so there wasn't, like, you know, and her adoptive father wasn't, was, like, around that age range as well, but, I mean, still kind of, uh, kind of sus, as the kids would say. As the kids would say. As the youths would would say. say. (laughs) Youths. (laughs) Um, So, Jason claimed not to know how great their age gap was at first, (laughs) right? Um, but said that Ezra kept him energized. Um, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. So things moved very quickly between the two of them, and within weeks of dating, Ezra had moved in with Jason and his roommate. She had goals of going back to college, but for the time being, Ezra was just working like a part-time seasonal job at Joanne Fabrics. Oh, okay. She sounds like a scrub. Of course she did. Mm-hmm. Wait till She is that... Okay, so she reminds me so much of all of the girls here in Grand Rapids. She reminds me so much of all of the younger, like, 18 to 23-year-old hipster girls I see walking around here that one of my friends, who I'm not friends with him anymore, but he was an older man. He was He's probably 35, and he would prey on these, like, 18 to 24-year-old girls and, like, date them. And they would basically, like, take care of him and... Um, they would like, they were scrubby like this. They would work at like not steady jobs or work part time and then stay at his house. And like, they all looked exactly like she looked like that hipster 
look with the perfectly like matte face that just makes your lips look like a butthole <laughs> and like the the short cropped hair and like the the oh I thrifted these clothes but really like you probably bought them for a lot of money in the mall and they just look old that's exactly yeah. she looks exactly like all of the girls here that this person that I used to know would like meet on tinder well you'll you'll be interested in this next part she notably was not contributing to any of the rent or utilities Mm -hmm. while living with jason that sounds well right Mm -hmm. it checks out (laughs) yep um and they would also jokingly refer to each other as husband and wife no oh my god i hate this after dating for like a month okay uh, that's a red flag. <laughs> this is... I would say <laughs> that is uh, an entire store of red flags. Yeah, yes. that's a. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it gets better. Just wait. This is just the beginning. So in the fall of twenty, she's already pissing me off. I'm already pissed off, Chelsea. But keep oh, going. You're gonna you're gonna get fired up. <laughs> in oh, the good. fall. Of- <laughs> In the fall of 2017, Ezra started to get sick and she was throwing up all the time. Jason, the army medic, thought she might have mono and encouraged her to get checked out by a doctor. A visit to the clinic revealed that Ezra was not sick, but instead pregnant. Mm. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah. Ezra made the decision to terminate the pregnancy, which was a decision that Jason supported, but was not a decision that he and Ezra ever discussed together. On October 6, 2017, which was not only Ezra's 20th birthday, but it was also their four-month anniversary, Jason drove Ezra to Minneapolis, Minnesota to have an abortion, which he paid for. She did not want him at the clinic with her, so he rode around the city until she was ready to be picked up. After that, there was less intimacy in the relationship. Jason often elected to sleep on the couch in the living room rather than in bed with Ezra. It was around this time that Jason encouraged a friendship between Ezra and 23-year-old Alex Woodworth, as in Alexander. I just realized that Alex could also be a girl's name. Yeah. So I just wanted to make it clear. Alex Woodworth is a male. Um, Alex was a barista at Racy's and worked as a substitute teacher. He was good friends with Jason already and knew Ezra casually from hanging out at the coffee shop. Alex was a friendly and nice guy who was deeply interested in philosophy, which was a perfect fit for the Racy's crowd. And you'll see pictures of him, too, but he is probably also very hipster because, like, the whole philosophy thing, but... And he's a barista. And he's a barista, yeah. (laughs) Ew. uh, People who are into philosophy, I just can't. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was gonna try... I was gonna try and say that he probably wasn't as hipster, but now I'm... No. He probably If you're into philosophy, nobody's Uh, just into philosophy unless that is, like, something you're teaching for money. That's true. It's underwater basket weaving. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah, you're right. You you guys are right. Okay. He was was really into it. Like, really, really into it. So. Disgusting. um, (laughs) He 
he loved bugs and spiders and things people usually found unlovable. Um, he carried around some of his own demons. But he loved helping people, and Jason thought that maybe Alex and Ezra could, like, lean on each other for support. So Ezra and Alex became fast friends, bonding over things like art and philosophy. It wasn't until early November, when Jason was in California with friends, that her relationship with Alex would turn sexual. The sex at first was what Ezra described as vanilla but she encouraged Alex to explore himself and his desires, which reportedly led them down a path of BDSM, knife play, and gender play. Okay. <laughs> so zero to 60 real quick. Yeah. Like, he was, ha- yeah. he was happy, just, like, missionary, like, <laughs> just normal stuff. <laughs> and she was... Like, encouraging him to do all this, not to kink shape anyone, but, like, weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, non-vanilla shit. Non-vanilla shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, while Ezra seemed to like helping Alex explore his alleged sexual fantasies, the fun quickly wore off for her. Alex would reportedly refer to her with masculine pronouns and pet names, even when she told him she didn't identify that way anymore. And he would choke her during sex in a way that was not comfortable for her. And, but she elected not to speak up as to not, like, rock the boat in their relationship. On February 4th, 2018, while Jason was away on a training mission, Ezra hung out with one of his best friends, John Hansen. So John, John's roommate and Ezra were all drinking and having a good time at John's house. Ezra had too much to drink, so John took her upstairs to the bedroom where she blacked out. The next morning, she woke up, and her tights were off, and she felt like she may have had sex, but she didn't really remember. She got John to drive her back home to the home that she and Jason shared. John asked to come in and use the bathroom, and Ezra and John ended up having sex on her and Jason's bed. After John left, Ezra went to Alex's house and told him what had happened the night before. I know. I know. You guys can't see, but we're making faces. You're making faces. (laughs) Um, This is all so cringe. It is cringe. It's always like when Jason's gone. Yeah. The cat's away, the mice will play. Also, I want to make a note real quick. So my windows are open. So if you hear people chit-chatting in the background, um, this is real life, and I have neighbors, and they're out walking their dog. Oh, and that's okay. it. Um, so she, she, after John left, Ezra went to Alex's house and told him what had happened the night before, and she expressed that she regretted having sex with John Hansen. Alex's alleged response was to tell her that he could make her forget all about John and proceeded to seduce and have sex with Ezra while she was vulnerable. Um, okay. (laughs) That's not the right move. No. And it just gets cringier and cringier. Like, I can just, like, I can make you forget all about him. Like, Like, oh, you were just possibly raped? 
let's, yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, ooh. So, at this point, Ezra had had enough of Eau Claire. She broke up with Jason, who was still away with the army. She broke up with Alex also. She packed up all of her belongings and moved back with her mother in Stanley, Wisconsin. She would come back to Eau Claire a few times after that, and Jason would get a hotel room for the two of them to stay in together. So, like, even though they'd broken up, he was still, like, cool with her, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so it was during one of these hotel stays that Jason would spot some upsetting messages on Ezra's iPod, which, like I said before, she used in lieu of a cell phone. The messages were between Ezra and his good friend, John Hansen. So I'm going to be reading these, um, text messages verbatim. And so they're a little bit confusing at first, but I I will like go back and explain them. So this is Ezra. Okay. It's stressful looking for places, so that would be nice to relive. Working out, again, does really make you want to fuck everything that's moved. Might also be a predator. Then John said, a body in motion wants to stay in motion. Then Ezra says, are you going to pound this anytime soon? Sorry, I'm rude. John said, not this week. I have Warren. It's all right to be blunt. Just got to be all right with it coming back your way. And then Ezra said, just let me know when I can get my next in and out. Also, hanging and doing art Ew. again would be nice because you're more than a good dick. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, oh my God. so, so like going back in here, she's, she's talking about like looking for another place to live. And when she's saying that would be nice to relive, she's talking about like reliving uh, sex with... Oh jason or with uh with john excuse me um and then she's talking about like how she's working out again and like the endorphins and whatever making her horny and like horny and wanna (laughs) (laughs) and so she's basically like hey when when am i gonna get fucked again and john john says i have warren which is his, his kid um and then she's like okay just let me know like when we're gonna fuck again um, and then she goes on to say, like, you know, I, w- I want to hang out, too, because you're more than just a good dick. Like, <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. What a nice thing to say. I know. What a nice thing to say. Like, sweet, sweet messages. Yeah. <laughs> so Jason, Jason read this, these messages between his now ex-girlfriend and his best friend. Right. Okay. So understandably upset. So Jason was upset because, like like I said, these messages were sent when he and Ezra were still together. And these are sexual messages to his good friend. Before he can get too worked up, Ezra tells him it's not it's not what it seems. She told Jason that John had assaulted her and nothing that between them was consensual. She went on to tell him that she went to Alex for help after the assault and he had taken advantage of her too. This was a bombshell for poor Jason. So on March 1st, 2018, Ezra was interviewed by a detective about her sexual assault allegations. Alex was also interviewed since he had contact with Ezra right after the alleged assault. But Alex was not supporting Ezra's story and told detectives that Ezra told him that the sex was consensual, just regrettable. Mm -hmm. The final blow to Ezra's... (laughs) 
I, I'm sorry. I know. It was consensual, just fucking regret it. And like, oh I was God. so... Retweet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like so conflicted too when I was researching this because like, we're, ta- you know, we're taught like always believe the victim and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But then we're going to be learning some stuff about Miss Ezra. Yeah. That makes you well I mean I think the court has shown that she's I, not a victim yeah yeah so <laughs> so okay so Alex didn't support a story and said it was not it was not rape it was consensual she just regretted it so the final blow to Ezra's claim was that the sexual messages that Jason found were sent more than a week after the alleged assault. Mm-hmm. So she was allegedly assaulted on February 4th, and these text messages were sent between February 11th and February 14th of her saying, like, hey, when are we going to fuck again? So okay. not an, like, the, the Law and Order SVU lover in me is like okay just because she's like texting her accused or alleged assaulter doesn't mean that she wasn't necessarily assaulted but right whatever we'll 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 leave that we'll leave that be for the time for now so ezra was furious at alex's perceived betrayal and told him never to talk to her again Meanwhile, Jason confronted John Hansen about the affair and also quickly put two and two together about the ongoing relationship between Ezra and Alex. Back home in Stanley, Ezra's life was falling apart. This facade and persona that she had created for herself was beginning to crumble around her. She needed to reclaim her life as Ezra McCandless, and that started by trying to win Jason back. Which I didn't I didn't say this in the beginning when we were talking about Jason, but he's hot. Yeah. That's what I remember. Wait, what does he look like? Wait, what's his last name? Jason? Um, Mendel. M-E-N-E-D-E-L. Like, he is conventionally attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Jason Jason M-E-N-D-E-L? M-E-N-E- Mendel. M-E-N-D-E-L. I can't. It's too early for me to be spelling. But he is, he is hot. Okay. We're going to go on a wild ride here and we'll look. (laughs) I have pictures. I have pictures on here, actually. Let me show you quick. Yeah. Oh, Mangle. M-E-N-G-E-L. Oh. Oh, Mangle. Guys, I'm so sorry. Oh, wait, the gray haired guy? Yeah, like salt and pepper. <gasps> he is. <laughs> okay. He is yeah. handsome. Yeah, yeah, well, he's probably single now. <laughs> I mean. I'm a little yeah. creeped out. <laughs> I'm a little creeped out by him. I mean, he's the good one. He's the uh, unsuspecting. But still, why are you, I but mean, still, why are you hanging out with an 18-year-old? No, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. He's a little. You know? So. I watched him. I watched a good chunk of his court testimony. And while he is very attractive, he's really fucking annoying. <laughs> and also, 
Um, not very smart. Yeah, okay. I mean, his girlfriend was cheating on him multiple times, and he didn't know. And he encouraged a a friendship between her and another man. And then he read those text messages and was like, oh, yeah, Yeah. I can believe what Ezra's saying about this. (laughs) But, like, he... So, on the stand whenever someone asked him a question instead of just saying like yes or no he would say roger oh my god ew <laughs> cuz he's like in the I army hate it. <laughs> he's not even he's a medic i know and the like the defense was like like i i don't use roger in my day to day so if you could just say yes or no and he's like oh oh yeah sorry but he continued ew. to use it throughout his time on the witness stand uh, and then okay. just like that's a little douchey you are a douchey can i tell you why i think i hate that is because anthony says that and anthony's never even been in the fucking military and he still says it and i'm like fuck off yeah see now you got me all fired up sorry. chelsea look I'm what you so did sorry. you're gonna make me ginger snap it's gonna <laughs> yeah. make me ginger, ginger snap over here it's gonna get worse i'm so sorry it's gonna get worse oh good watch out guys watch out <laughs> um so she needed to reclaim her life, and that started with um, trying to win Jason back. So she wrote him numerous journals, talking about how sorry she was for hurting him, but Jason refused to meet in person to receive those journals. Then, on March twenty second, 2018, Ezra showed up unannounced at Racy's. Jason was there and was surprised to see her because in the over 600 messages they had exchanged the night before. 600. That's a lot. That is a lot. You and your ex-boyfriend exchanging 600 messages in one night mm-hmm. does not seem very ex to me. Yeah. That's like a all night texting bonanza. Yeah, bonanza. <laughs> a bonanza. Bonanza. <laughs> So, in the over 600 messages they had exchanged the night before, Ezra had not mentioned that she would be making the 40-minute drive to Eau Claire that day. So, Ezra explained that she was looking for Alex and that she had some things to return to him. Jason was concerned because Ezra was acting agitated and not like herself. So, when she left Racy's to look for Alex at his house, Jason decided to follow on his bike. He found Ezra's unmistakable painted car in front of Alex's house still running. Jason paced back and forth outside the house for 45 minutes before letting himself in without knocking. There he found Ezra and Alex in the middle of a conversation. While all this was going on, a concerned neighbor had called the police because they thought Jason's behavior was suspicious. I mean, hello? Pacing outside someone's house for 45 minutes? Yeah. 40 like ten, and just walking in yeah like 10 minutes 15 minutes like you're trying to work up the courage or like figure out what to do but 45 minutes i would call the police too yeah like absolutely um so the when the police showed up jason explained that he was there because he was worried about alex and ezra being alone together since she was acting weird but the police found no reason to stay, and at 1.05 p.m. on March 22nd, both the police and Jason Mengel left, leaving Alex and Ezra alone to get into her car. 
So Ezra began to drive aimlessly as she and Alex continued their conversation. Soon they were no longer in the city, but slightly west in a more rural area. Ezra took a turn down a dirt road, but her car got stuck in the muddy terrain. Both Ezra and Alex tried in vain to get the car unstuck. Ezra rifled through her back seat and trunk, looking for anything that could give traction under her wheels. Overwhelmed and anxious by the situation, Ezra walked off to calm down. Alex soon followed after her and wrapped his arms around her from behind in what was supposed to be a comforting gesture, but which was unwelcomed by Ezra. Alex suggested she go lay down in the car to relax. Ezra agreed and laid down to rest in the back seat of her car. But before she even knew what was happening, Alex was in the car with her, on top of her, straddling her, and he had a knife. Oh. Alex began cutting her clothes off, and Ezra grabbed the knife away from him by the blade. Afraid he was going to rape and murder her, she started stabbing him wherever she could reach, but nothing was working to get Alex off her. Somehow they managed to tumble out of the car together, and that's when Alex grabbed Ezra and pulled her tight. With one last swing of the blade, she stabbed Alex Woodworth in the side, and everything went black. At 4.15pm on March 22, 2018, Ezra McCandless knocked on the door of dairy farmer Don Sipple's house, just west of Eau Claire. She was muddy, bloody, and bruised. She asked for a doctor and claimed she'd been the victim of an attack and kept, attack and kept asking to see Jason Mengel. She was taken to a local hospital to be treated, and when questioned by police, she said that all she could remember was that she was attacked, and she remembered feeling scared of Alex Woodworth. I just want to say... I watched some of the trial, and they um, put the old guy, the old farmer guy, that she went to his house. They put him on the witness stand, and he was such a nice old man. Aww. He's so nice. <laughs> He's just a sweet old dairy farmer. Yeah. And some chick shows up at his house. Yeah. And he thinks he's just helping her. Yeah, he helped her. But, I mean, as it turns out, he didn't know she was a murderer, but... but you know, she but was still. a damsel in distress. Yeah. Absolutely. Poor guy. No. Midwest with, nice. So with nothing else to go on, the police tried to find Alex. When they were unable to locate him that night, the next day they went back to Don Sipple's farm. On their way there, police noticed footprints in the mud coming from up a hill. When they followed those footprints, they found Ezra's car with the lifeless body of Alex Woodworth half in and half out of the backseat of the car. This is where Ezra's story began to unravel. The forensics showed that Alex was stabbed 16 times in the head, chest, groin, and torso. The first blow came to the back of his head. Although Ezra claimed the attack had taken place in the car, there was little to no blood evidence in the car itself. The majority of the blood evidence was outside the car. Alex showed no signs of defensive wounds, meaning Ezra had surprised him from behind with this attack. None of the injuries themselves would have been fatal, and had he gotten medical attention, there's a chance that Alex may have survived. And when they found him, he had a scarf wrapped around his neck, and they believed that he might have been like trying to stop no trying to stop the bleeding oh Mm -hmm. 
And they think that he was like half in, half out of the vehicle because he was was like trying to get help. Yeah, get to help. Oh man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn. So, but in a final act of cruelty, it was discovered that Ezra had taken his phone with her because remember she didn't have her own phone, and smashed it, preventing him from having any chance of calling for help. That's evil. Mm Hmm. Investigators believe that Ezra spent the hours between the attack and when she showed up to the farmhouse framing Alex. She cut up her clothes and herself, but all the cuts were too shallow and precise for a heat-of-the-moment attack. Because it's really hard, like, if you're going to fake something, like, to cut your clothes. You have to, like, cut your clothes and cut yourself beneath it. Yep. And she had, like, multiple layers on and, like wasn't cutting through things and also yeah so this is kind of weird and actually has no like bearing on anything but like during her testimony they went through what she was wearing today that day and like she wasn't wearing any underwear or a bra Uh uh-huh is that like a hipster thing i i feel like the the no bra thing is more common but the no underwear thing in yeah. jeans, like, I'm sorry, your vagina is gonna rub against the seam of that and it's gonna get like chafed. She was wearing tight, she was wearing tights, right? I guess, because she's like quirky. And so they asked oh. her, they're like, Do you, is it normal for you to like not wear underwear? And she's like, Well, I thought like the tights were enough. Uh, and it was just like, No, that's the, does she know what the point of underwear is? Tights are socks. I mean, <laughs> socks that go all the way up to your back. Tights are socks that go all the way up. So, I'm sorry. As a woman, you wear underwear because y- your vagina does things throughout the day that require underwear. Well, and also, like, what if you sweat? Like, you want to just be, like, marinating, like... Right. I yeah. I mean... I Yuck. mean, th- I am, I'm not going to say mm-mm. I never, I've never been out without underwear because I have, but it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, running to the, to Walgreens real quick and I'm not going to see anyone. I'm just going to grab something and come back. Because you're already right. not wearing underwear. Because I'm already not wearing underwear. <laughs> exactly. It's just like a pull on right. sweatpants, run out, run back sort of situation. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yes. there's a time and a place, not a... I'm going to drive 40 minutes from my house to Eau Claire to see my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Second boyfriend. There are, like, there are two reasons I don't wear underwear. One, if I am running in and out real quick of my house, like you said, and two, if I know for a fact that they are going to get in the way. (laughs) Or is it the only two reasons? Those are the only two reasons. I can guarantee she didn't wear underwear because she knew they were going to be <clears throat> in the way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess her mom didn't tell her to have a clean pair of underwear on just in case she got in an accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And it was, she had to explain on the stand why she was not wearing underwear. <laughs> Mortifying. And it is. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. It is immortalized. Oh her God. having to explain why she wasn't wearing underwear. Wow. <laughs> I hate it. Gross. <laughs> okay. Where was I? So, um, so she tried to cut her, um, herself, but it, it wasn't 
they said like it wasn't what it would have been it had she really actually been caught mm-hmm. um she claimed that she had grabbed the blade from alex yet there were hardly any cuts to the palm of her hands the most salacious injury was the word boy carved into her forearm and that this mm-hmm. is like the injury that was like picked up by every headline because it is so salacious so Ezra mm-hmm. first claimed that Alex had had done this to her, like carved the word boy into her forearm because he wanted to her to identify as a boy again and be with him instead of her going back to Jason. But she later admitted that she had carved the word herself as a way to process the trauma of what had happened. Mm. That's what she oh said. That's God. what she said that why she did it. Okay. So um, on April 6, 2018, Ezra McCandless was arrested and charged with first-degree intentional homicide and the de- death of Alex Woodworth. The trial started 18 months later on October 15, 2019 in Dunn County, which is the next county over from Eau Claire, and it's where the murder, like, officially happened. Because oh. remember, remember they were driving west, like, into a rural area, mm-hmm. and they technically crossed over into mm-hmm. Dunn County. Mm-hmm. Um, so the prosecution highlighted the inconsistencies between Ezra's story and the evidence, and they claimed that her motive behind this brutal attack was to prevent Alex from getting in the way of her getting back together with Jason. Um, so like I talked about, Ezra took the stand in her own defense, and it was immediately apparent and notable how relaxed she was on the witness stand. Like, it was freaky, There was no signs of remorse or sadness while she testified at her murder trial. And there were even a few instances where she smiled or laughed. Yeah. It was cuckoo. Cuckoo. And it was surreal to watch. Yeah. When her ex-boyfriend, Jason Mengel, took the stand, she was seen licking her lips. Ew. Staring intensely and smoothing down her clothes. She was, like, eye-fucking him the whole time he was on the stand. Ew. And, and you could see him, like, keep, like, glancing over at her, like, making sure that she was still, like, safely over there, you know? <laughs> like, like as if there was, like, a wolf in the right. room or something. Yeah. And he said, like, there was things that he couldn't recall, and he kept saying, like, you know, I've really repressed a lot of this. Yeah. I mean, that's understandable. <laughs> oh, so it only took the, the jury three hours of deliberation. But on November 1st, 2019, Ezra McCandless was found guilty of first degree murder, intentional homicide. The look on Ezra's face spoke volumes. She did not think she was going to be found guilty. During her son. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> During her sentencing hearing on February 7th, 2020, Ezra read a statement to Alex's parents, which this is just bonkers. I loved Alex very much. I also feel a great loss. I will never find words to express how sorry I am. <laughs> like, that was it? Yeah, that was it. Wow. Like, making it all about herself. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but the judge did not believe her to be sincere, mm-hmm. noting her lack <laughs> of remorse go. during trial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sentenced Ezra to life in prison with the possi- possibility for parole after 50 years. She is currently incarcerated in Teichita Correctional Institution in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Wow. And that is the case of Ezra McInnes and the murder of Alex Woodworth. Damn. Oh my god. I... She's so tiny. Yeah. She like, is. She's so tiny. She said, on, she said on the stand that she is 5'2 and 110 to 115 pounds. God. Yeah. It's very rare for a woman to stab someone like that. That personal. Usually they use poison. So that's, yeah. I'm glad she was found guilty. Holy shit. I cannot believe I've never heard of that case. I know. Me too. I was like, I was like, it was surreal reading it because I had not heard anything about it. And it was so salacious. Like all the details of it. I was like, how have I not heard about this? If I saw a girl like that at a coffee shop, I would never think that she would be capable of or just like I I don't know I I just would never think she'd be capable of murder or like here's the thing is all of these she literally looks like a carbon copy like copy paste copy paste copy paste of all of the girls her age that hang out in the coffee shops here and when I tell you they these people that I have like seen and hung out with and I know because they've dated like male friends of mine they look like cute petite like little little things but they will mooch off of you and manipulate manipulate you and i know that's like a gross generalization but she exhibits so much of the behavior that i have seen from young women in this area that have been around some of my male friends Mm -hmm. like they will they will go after older men older men will go after them and she will or these women will mooch off of you and manipulate you and basically be like a little girl around you to make you feel more masculine. And then once they have you kind of hooked, they'll manipulate you and use you and live off of you, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I have seen it. I've questioned whether I have... And she reminds me exactly of that. I've questioned whether I've seen her, like, around town before. Yeah, because like I was like Eau Claire's not that big. Eau Claire is like sixty five thousand people. Uh huh. Um, and I don't frequent races. Not since I was like in college. Because for our listeners, like races and the places where they're like hanging out is very much in like the college area and by the bars and like the like college is right by the university. Is it and, by, like, nearby, like, where your first apartment was? No. Oh. It's on Water Street. So, like, where, where, where do you go if you're, like, college age? Yeah. Or you, if you're a hipster. <laughs> it's like, or if you're a hipster. <laughs> or if you're a hipster. <laughs> so, like, I don't go down there, but she worked at Joanne's, and I've been to Joanne's, mm-hmm. so I, like, wonder if I've ever seen her. Um, I looked up Jason Mungal. I found his Facebook. He still lives in Eau Claire. So, <laughs> I'm taken. 
So I, I'm not like looking him up, but I was Get just those curious. Military benefits. <laughs> I am not interested in Jason Mengel, but I just was like curious, like if he's still in town. Because like if all this happened, I would want to just. Mm-hmm. Like, get out. Get out or change my name or make my Facebook private? Well, it is. Like, it, I couldn't see very much. Like, I could only see, like, his like, profile pictures. change your name to your first and middle name instead of your first and last name. Right. For a little bit of anonymity. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and I tried... I didn't look up Alex Woodworth because that... He's dead. He's dead and that's sad. But, like, people can memorialize their Facebook. Yeah, that's true. But that's really sad. Mm-hmm. I tried to find this John Hansen, but that's such, like, a generic uh-huh. name. And um, I couldn't... I found one picture, but I couldn't, like, corroborate that that was actually him. Because uh-huh. I found it off, like, some random website. And then, like, someone on Reddit had, like, taken that same picture and posted it. So... yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, it's. Well, then. was really interesting to do a local case. Yeah, there are so many different cases in, like, Wisconsin is full of crazy fucking people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's the isolation in the winter. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It definitely will. Well, thank you so much for doing that, Chelsea. Yes, thank you guys for having me and letting me do that. It was really fun. Awesome. Of course. I liked it. And Stranglers, um, if you like what you hear, please feel free to rate and subscribe to us for the last eight episodes at this point on um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All of our episodes are going to be remaining up even after we close out this final um few episodes of Perfect Stranglers so you can listen to us for the rest of your lives. Because we know you're going to miss us. <laughs> for the rest of your lives. You want to wake up to us, you can. It'll be fun. Um, uh, if you have any final requests for um, or any final listener stories or anything, feel free and email us. Contact at perfectstranglers.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and we will get back to you. Yeah. And that's that on that. All right. Bye, Stranglers. Bye, everyone.